Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensah Wood. For today, we are talking about who is your neighbor. That's an interesting question. Amen. Who is my neighbor? Luke chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke 10. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Luke 10, 25. He says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves who stripped them of his clothing, wounded him and departed leaving him half dead now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a levite when he arrived at the place came and looked and passed by on the other side but a certain samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion so he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took two, two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? That's the question we are trying to answer this morning. And he said, He who showed, who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Amen. We talk about the good Samaritans. This is, I mean, we have Samaritan hospitals. We have um, Franklin Graham has Samaritan's Pass. There are even Samaritan laws, good Samaritan laws. In some places, that is to protect and to encourage people to help people that are in distress without fear of people with coming back with legal suits. And to get the understanding, real understanding of this, if you give us a, a historical background between this, that makes what the Samaritan did very huge. Now, the Samaritans came, when the Jews came, some portion of the Jews came back from captivity in Assyria. They set up their capital as Samaria, and they also came up with some form of worship that was I mean, they wanted to have their own form of worship. So they set up Mount Gerizim and put it even in their Ten Commandments that this is the place that they ought to worship. So remember the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. And they hated so much the, the Jews that they wouldn't even allow them to pass through their towns. They wouldn't even allow to shake hands with them. They had nothing to do with them. So that's what the woman was referring to in John chapter 4, verse 9. When Jesus Christ came to this woman and said, Give me something to drink, the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. No dealings at all. They have no dealings with them. 
they hated each other. And the way that Jesus was referring to in this parable, so that even existed. So, so when Jesus was referring to this parable, what the Samaritan did to this person on the road was huge. Because also, when you look at the geography, the Bible he says that a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. A certain man went down. Jer Jerusalem was at a high altitude. Jericho was at a low altitude. And that way was so dangerous. That journey was so dangerous, they call it the bloody way. It was full of thieves. Now, the priests used to go to Jerusalem to do their, their work. And after a month, they would travel to Jericho and stay there. So this route was, tra was well traveled by priests and wealthy people. With that background, when the priest got there, he passed by on the other side. And that doesn't excuse him doing that. The thing that we have to realize is so many times, you see, maybe the priest and the Levite, they were just coming from a service where they had just talked about uh, love your neighbor as yourself. It was one of the things that they talked about. But he looked... And he says, not today. Not loving your neighbor today. <laughs> you see, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of, uh, of hurting people in the world. And we can get to the place where we get numb to it. We get used to it. People that are hurting, people that are dying in different countries, in our communities, all these things. We can get to the place where we are very callous and very insensitive to it. I pray may we never get to that point. Amen. I said may we, I pray may we never get to that point. Amen. I said may we never get to that point. Amen. We love ourselves don't we? When we wake up in the morning we look into the mirror, we put on some lotion cosmetics, we put brush our hair, do whatever we do to our hair and put on nice clothes. Why do we do that? It's because we love ourselves. And the Bible says that love your neighbor Ask yourself. There's a story that was told. Once somebody, he was, he was a lawyer, and he was traveling from one city to the other. Let's say he was traveling from Colorado Springs to Denver. And along the way, he saw an accident, and the people were waving him to stop and pay attention to the, to the person that was injured in this accident. And he has his schedule on his mind. I need to get to court. So he bypassed them, drove by in his new car, and got, got to where he was going. Later on, he found out that the person that he had driven by was his only brother who was injured. And he had an opportunity to help, and he just continued and declined. I pray in the name of Jesus, all throughout our day, all throughout the week, may we not neglect the opportunities that come our way to help other people. I said, may we not neglect the opportunities that come our way to help other people. This person gets there, and he looks on and walks by. Why? Because one of the reasons why, that's what, what is going through his mind. Because with a priest, according to the law, we're not supposed to touch dead people. And if they did, they were going to be unclean for a certain period of time. But remember, this person is going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he'll be there for he has a month to come back. So that is no excuse 
to leave that person because even if he become unclean, the Bible says he was half dead. So he appeared to be dead from his standpoint. But even the, the law also permitted for them to also show compassion in cases. So there was no excuse for him to leave and walk away and forget about, about the person. You see, this pandemic has taught us a lot. And we live in a, an individualistic society. Now, it's even gotten worse with all these distancing. But, but you see, this, this week, I'll just, I'll just, I'm preaching to myself and to you as well. This week, I was just thinking, I just walked out of the door, and, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen these neighbors in a long time. I wonder if they're okay. And it's just, we can just get into the routines to, to be a neighbor to the next person. And to yield our lives for his glory. Another good thing happened though. Uh, when it was snowing a lot. Um, it happened two times. We just got up. And after the snow had happened. The neighbor had just come in. And they had shoveled all the snow away. So it saved Joshua having to scrape, scrape the driveway. <laughs> it's just going the extra mile. Is what this lesson is about. With that background. Let's get into it. What are some of the things? So the Samaritan was the last person that we would expect to help this, this person that was in trouble. Now, the Bible says, let's go back now to this story. And with that background, now we will understand it even better. He says, notice this. When the Bible says that he got there, thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, verse 30. Let's start from the Samaritan. It says, And a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Now let's look at the seven things that the Samaritan overlooked. The first thing that he had to look was the, overlook was the physical stain of blood on this person. And remember, he said that as he journeyed, he's on a journey. And now maybe he's going, to, he's going on a business trip to, to Hong Kong. He has to catch his flight. He's in his three-piece suit. Why would I want to stay myself and stop by and help this person? As he journeyed. And so many times we get to the place where we say, this person, that's their problem. I'm not going to stay myself with us. Let them deal with it. One time, a certain man was grieving, and he was so depressed. He had lost, lost his wife recently, and he was so depressed. And the doctors had done everything to help him. They couldn't help him. One young man in the neighborhood went to the elderly person uh, and came out. And when he came out, the, the man was doing all right. So everybody was asking him, what did you do? He just said, I just went in there, and I just held his hands and started crying with him just being there for him and when he came out the man was all right he said what did you do that? he said it's my friend the bible says that friends that sticks closer than a brother sometimes he, all he did was be there for somebody i pray in the name of jesus there's enough troubles and pain in this world may god use you to relieve somebody's pain i said may god use you to relieve someone's pain may god use you to relieve someone's pain two what else did he have to overlook his personal danger. His personal danger. Uh, you, you, you see, 
this, if, this, if this person has been hurt by thieves, the question is, if I'm stopping to help, the, help him, are the thieves around? Have they gone? Are the thieves still around? I'm putting my life in danger by stopping to help this person. Very, very, very important. He, he had to overlook that. One time, it was very cold, a winter, and, and I was out doing some errands, and it was at night, and I, I went into the store and came out, and when I came out, um, some people, I started my car, and then some, someone approached the car, said, oh, are we, we are in trouble. We are trying to change our tire. Can you just, if you don't mind, just stay and shine your light on the tire so we'll make it easier. We don't have a flashlight. Make it easier for, for us to change our tire. And at that point, you see, you have so many things going through your head. Not a problem at all. I just stay there. When they finish, it, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I could have said, this is cold. It's a winter night. It's almost Christmas. Uh, whatever it was, whatever t end of the year, whatever it was, I cannot, I cannot do that. But you see, just, just taking a moment to pause in your day and say someone reaches out, someone is in trouble. I mean, think about it, in the pandemic, all this time, who did you call? Who did you encourage? Who did you show love to? I pray in the name of Jesus. May we not just think about ourselves. May we pause and help others. So he had to overlook his personal danger. Three, he had to overlook the racial conflict that was between Samaritans and Jews. Remember, these have no dealings with each other. Sometimes we look at ourselves, I'm more educated than this person, I'm less educated, so I cannot relate to them. All these barriers that we've put up, God doesn't pay attention to that. A hurting person is a hurting person, no matter who they are. Someone who is in pain, doesn't matter who they are. You see, from God's standpoint, he doesn't see all these barriers that we put up. Notice what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. He says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. My Lord, I can spend a month, a month right there. If Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. If you've been baptized into him, you have put on Christ. Then 28. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. There is no barriers here. Let's tear down those war barriers and put on our sleeves and help people that are hurting. He says, you are all one in Christ Jesus. And he says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is neither Greek nor Jew. Does, it doesn't, it, we are the ones that put those barriers up. God, God, God doesn't mean anything to God. A human being that is hurting is a human being that is hurting. It doesn't matter who they are. I pray, may God let us have that compassion in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Four, what did he overlook? He overlooked his emotional, emotional responsibility. Again, the anger and, and what he could have felt towards that person. You see, it is one thing to feel the pain of somebody else and have sympathy. It's another thing to have empathy. There are two different things. Empathy is putting yourself in the shoes of that person and saying, if I were in those shoes, what would I want to be done for me? What would be my reaction jesus said that, that jesus put jesus put it this way he says the way that you will want whatever matthew let's read it matthew chapter 7 verse 12. he says thank you lord he says therefore whatever you want men to do to you do also to them for this is the law and the prophet whatever you want others to do to you do the same to others empathy he put himself in his in that situation and said my lord and my god i am going to do something about the situation colossians of the three thank you lord colossians 3 verse 13 he says bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. He says, bearing with one another. Romans chapter 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 to 2. He says this, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. He says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. We who are strong ought to bear with the infirmities, the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Jesus Christ did not live to please himself. No, no, no. If this person was thinking about themselves, they won't take any action. We must not live to please ourselves. The, the father tells Jesus Christ to come and redeem us. And he says, you know what? Um, these people are really messed up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going. Let them figure it out. <laughs> it's a mess down here. I'm not going. Would you and I be safe? No, no, no. Since we who are strong should bear with the infirmities of the weak. Five. He overlooked his personal his personal obligations that he had in Luke chapter 10 verse 34 he says so, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine and sent him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him brought him to an inn and took care of him he gave him a first first aid 
He went the extra mile. The whole time that he is doing that, that's one thing that's very interesting here. He's not thinking about what he is going to get back. He didn't just do it with the expectation that this person was going to give him something back. Sometimes people say, I want to associate with the rich so that they can also give me something back. Or you do something for someone, and the whole time that you are doing it, it's with a motive. This person is not doing it with a, with a mindset that he's going to get something back. And, and, and you see, if you do that, if you, you already have your reward. Jesus said, if you do something, for, do it for it to be seen, you have your reward. He went the extra mile, extra bills. When I come, I'm going to take care of you of it. In those days, the innkeeper sometimes had the tendency to not treat people right. He says, you don't, don't worry about it. Take care of this person. Take care of this person. And when I come, I will pay you back. The law is fulfilled. Whatever you want others to do, you do the same thing to them. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. May you receive grace this morning to take care of people in the name of Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17, the Bible says this. Thank you, Lord. He says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. If God is your source and you have pity on the poor and you lend to, you have pity on the poor, he says that you are doing banking with God at this point. God is the one. People may not notice it. No one may see it. But God himself will pay you back. And I know by experience that when God pays back, he pays back real good. Amen. Amen. It's the best one that you can invest with. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Six. What did he overlook? He overlooked his own spiritual defilement. Again, in the law, when you touch a dead person, you are going to be defiled. And he has to, he overlooked all of that and said, defilement or no defilement, this person is in trouble. Sometimes we put the law above the compassion. I pray may we never do that. I said, may we, I pray may we never do that. I said, I pray may we never do that. But I also want you to build that into your consciousness that I am going to be there for people and take care of people who I need. If someone needs a shoulder to cry on, I want to be that shoulder that is available for that person. If someone is going through pain, I want to be available for that person. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 13, he says that greater love has no man than to lay down his one's life for his friends. You see, greater love has no one than to lay down his life for his friends. And, and you see, if someone is unsaved, if someone doesn't know the Lord, the Bible says that Luke chapter 14, Jesus Christ came preaching the gospel to the poor. But if the poor and anybody else around you, not, 
doesn't know the Lord, then they are poor. Not only are they poor from a natural standpoint, they are also poor from a spiritual standpoint. And, and, and it will pay us to, and that's why this year we are targeting everybody. Just, it's, it's not too hard. Just target one person or one family and say, this year I'm going to pray for this person and lay my life down. If I have to fast, if I have to, whatever I have to do, I'm going to pray for this person that in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm going to go out of my way this year and lay down my life and pray for this person, this family, that they will come to know the Lord. It's not difficult. One person. You've been a, we've been, we've been a Christian for a while. You know a little bit of the truth. I'm, this is the year that I'm going to lay down my life for somebody else. Greater love. I love them. I'm not just going to love them with my talk. I'm going to love them indeed. I'm going to pray and say in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, the blindfold of the enemy that keeps them from coming to the knowledge of the truth. Let that blindfold be open. But let that blindfold come down and let their eyes be open. That as the word of God is shared with them, they will have free cause in their lives. And in the name of Jesus, they will yield to the word of God and come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm no longer going to live for myself and just think about myself. I know that I have my ticket to heaven, but while I'm on earth here, my life is laid down for somebody else. In the mighty name of Jesus, this is the year I want to see that happen in my life. May God use you to do that in the mighty name of Jesus. I said, may God use you to do that in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Seven. He had to overlook his financial commitment. In Luke 10 35, he says, He paid all, he, he, not only did he put in wine and oil, that is the first aid, but he put him on his own donkey. I say he put him in his own limousine or whatever we, we are driving, driving today, in his car. So I would say, no, why should I bring them in, in, into my car? And, and in those days, if you put him on his donkey, that means he's going to have to walk. The other person will say, somebody will say, you go on the donkey, I walk. Not today. I'm not being a neighbor today. <laughs> I'm, I'm too busy. I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a journey. He's a busy person. We can use that excuse. I'm busy. He's on a journey. I'm going to catch a flight from here to Pennsylvania, Hong Kong. I'm going on a business trip. I'm very busy. I'm going to catch a I don't have time. That's something we all, I don't have time. I'm too busy. But not only that, the inn is not on my GPS. When I put it in this morning, my GPS says we are going here. <laughs> this detour. This is going to disrupt my, disrupt my schedule for the day. You have to overlook all that. His personal inconvenience. The lost time, the supplies, all these things. I pray may we not be too busy to take care of people. I said may we not be too busy to take care of people. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 verse 17, he says this, he says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need 
and shut up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Verse 16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and set up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? 1 John chapter 4 verse 20 says, he says this, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. You are a barefaced liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. He says that if you say you love God, you can't see God. How many of us have seen God? You saw him this morning before coming to church. No, you didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> but so he says that the person that you see is the person that you are supposed to treat right and you can't say you love God and then the person that you see I hate this person with a passion you're not telling the truth somebody's not telling the truth here he says he who does not love his brother whom he has not seen how can he say you love God so he's saying that if you say you love God, then show it to your neighbor. Don't shut your heart of compassion from that person. It all comes down to that. It will come, that is the summary of the law and the prophet. This person was asking, who is my neighbor? Galatians chapter 5 verse 14 says, notice this, Galatians 5 14. He says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying that all the laws that these people in the Old Testament struggled to keep and couldn't keep, is summed up in this that you shall love your neighbor as yourself it expresses similar sentiment in romans chapter, romans chapter 13 he says this uh, he must have been trying to impress this on the churches the apostle paul romans chapter 13 verse 9 says for the commandment you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. He's saying that if you do this, you satisfy all the, all the law, all those do's, do's and don'ts. It's all summed up in this. Love your neighbor 
as yourself. And he's saying that your neighbor is the one that you see. I pray as we go through our week, I pray as we go through our day, I pray as we go through life daily, may we show the love of God. May the love of God be shown through us in the mighty name of Jesus. If we extend hospitality to others, then we'll receive hospitality from others. If we give love to others, then we'll receive love from others as well. Notice Jesus said, go and do likewise. Don't just take down the notes or listen to it and forget about it. But go and do likewise is what he says in verse 37. There are four things that we can see from this Samaritan. The four things that he had. One, he had compassion. One, he had compassion. He says that then he had compassion. I pray we'll never, never, never get cold, get to that place in our Christian walk where it just becomes, we, we just close our eyes to the needs of people around us. He had compassion on him. Is the Bible says talked about the fact that Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And he ever lays to make intercession and pray for us. It's, because, it's that compassion that drove him to do all those miracles. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will be touched by the feeling of other people's infirmity. And may compassion drive us. He says, we who are strong ought to bear with those who are weak. I pray may that compassion drive us in the name of Jesus. I said, I pray may that compassion drive us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two, what else did he have? He had contact. He made contact with the problem. You see, you must go to the problem, and you shouldn't behave like the priest and the Levite who just passed on and say, I mean, I mean the Levite, the priest just passed by. The Levite just got closer, looked by, and said, see you later. That's your problem. <laughs> the Samaritan went, took, went a step further. He made contact, went to where the problem was. And then three, he had care. We see that he had care. Put oil. And wine into the wound as, an, as a first aid. And then four, he had the cost. He had the cost or the means to do it. One um, leader, former leader of, a, of, an, of another country said, he, he, she put it this way. She said, she said, if all the Samaritan had was the love, or we call it the good Samaritan, if all he had was love, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. He not only had the love, but he had the financial means to do it. So sometimes the act of kindness that we do also involves a financial commitment. If all he had was the compassion and didn't put it into practice and didn't have the means to do it, We won't remember him today. That's why First John, where we just read, in First John chapter three, in First John chapter three, verse eighteen, after, he, after verse eighteen, he says this: "My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let the love not just be with our mouths, but in deed." Love is like faith. It must be put in words and in action. In our culture, we say 
Talk is cheap. <laughs> Let's do the doing. <laughs> this is a, this, we have the greatest opportunity in our lives to do this. Not in, in word on, not in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And, and sometimes you may not even have the finances to do it. The pity is not enough. Some, but if you have the desire, God, then God will give you the means to also do it. But sometimes it doesn't even involve finances, just the action. So it's a whole lot. One, one time, Pastor Paul was saying that she was driving, and then she showed these two kids. They were, they were just walking by themselves. And um, there was this man that didn't look right. It looked like he potentially could harm the kids. And she reasoned this way. She said, if, if I go closer to the kids, and I said, come into my car, obviously they'll say no. So I said, she drove by and said, I'm going to just follow you closely so you can walk past this person that doesn't look right and then get to your destination. Not a financial thing you did per se, but just the act of seeing someone potentially in trouble and saying, I'm going to do something to help them out, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. I pray in the name of Jesus, may God use us for his glory. May God... Help, our, and op, help us and open our eyes to the opportunities that present itself. In some of these areas, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because sometimes people get it, put themselves in a position like that to take advantage of other people. In some scenarios, you still have to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you are a male and some lady is by the roadside and pretending to say, can you please... Uh, bring me into your car and let me help you. No, no, no. I'll call 911. 911 will help you. <laughs> in, that, in that instance. <laughs> in some areas, we have to use wisdom. But, in, but the, point, the point of this is, may God help us and open our eyes to opportunities as they present themselves for us to show his compassion and his love. Conclusion. Who is my neighbor? What's the question? Our neighbor is anyone who is in need and whom we have the opportunity to help. I'll repeat it again. Our neighbor is anyone who is in need and whom we have the opportunity to help. Notice the 10 acts of mercy that this person showed from verse 33 to 35. That is what defines who our neighbor is. And he illustrates, illustrates how to be a good neighbor. Let's ask ourselves this week, how can I be a neighbor to somebody else? I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may God reveal himself to you one person was a dentist and this and this and this person was in trouble uh, almost to the to, to the point of, of i mean they, they, were, they, were, they were going to lock him up and, and and take him away and he said before you before you do that look this person came for a dentist appointment and um i've i've done the initial work I, i've done and i realize that this person needs a, a, a surgical implant so before you take him away, 
if you don't let him come and do his surgical implants, I will bring my facility to where he is, and I'll do the surgery there. Surgery there. And the story spread around, and they said, no, before we take this person away, we are going to take him back to the office. And why this, everybody's like, why, 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 what are you doing? They went to the dentist's office, and not only did the dentist do the surgery for this person, he did cleaning for all the officers that came along with the person. <laughs> and this person, this person that he did it for happened to, be, to, to, to belong to, uh, was a Muslim. But the act from this Christian doctor touched this person's heart so much. He said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm going to be put, put away. But, but someone paused and said, this is also a human being. This is also somebody. Let's do, let me do the right thing. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. May God use you for his glory. I said, may God use you for his glory. I said, may God use you for his glory. I said, may God use you for his glory. May we go out of our way and extend the love of Jesus to others. The people that we see every day are the ones. He says, if you love God, extend it to the person that you see. May we do that this week. In Jesus' name, let's pray. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.